All right, real quick, people, before we get into today's show, we've just released a new course, Periodization for Periods, all around how to train women around their monthly cycle, and we've got it on special. If you're interested, click the link in the show notes. You are now listening to the Fitness Education Online Podcast, the podcast where fitness professionals go to grow their fitness business. If you're in the fitness industry, you'll find tips and strategies from proven business experts. Now, let's start the show. Okay, hello everybody. Welcome to the Fitness Education Online Podcast. I am super excited this week because we have an absolute rock star on the line. And I know I, I say that about everyone, but this person really is. He's someone that I, I look up to in the industry, especially in these times. You know, you there's always um you, know, you, you check online and there's always business coaches that have been in the industry for two years and are coaching other people. And you know, during COVID, there were people that were, were given all this business advice. But there's there's one thing you can't buy, it's experience. And this person's been in the game for a while. He's um you know, he's a best-selling author. He's got the Fitness Entrepreneur's Handbook. He's got the Ideal Business Formula book. He's a podcast host. He's a blogger. He's a speaker. Um, he's very balanced, which I, I respect about him. He's got a wife, kids, family, freedom. He's built, I think, over a dozen businesses, um, five of them being million-dollar businesses, even multi-million-dollar businesses. Uh, he's been in all the magazines, you know, Men's Health, Women's Health, Entrepreneur, Forbes. It's probably easier to, to give a list of magazines magazines he hasn't been in, I think is the, the easier way to, to do it. Uh, but most importantly, his clients are very successful as well, because it's all well and good for him to be successful, but he's got some amazing success stories. So without further ado, let me introduce the one and only Mr. Pat Rigsby. Pat, how are you? Well, first of all, I'm honored and flattered with all the wonderfully kind things that you just said, but uh, you know, I'm just excited to be here. I'm glad that we get to connect. It's, uh, you know, Beautiful day here in June, and it's uh, a great way to spend some time. Yes, beautiful day in June. It's it's the coldest June ever in Australia. I don't know if you you heard that. We had our coldest June in like 139 uh, years the other week. Wow. Well, it is not that here. It's actually gorgeous <laughs> out here. Um, but uh, you know, I, I think. The company you keep certainly brightens the day as well. <laughs> so my day's gone a lot brighter. Your day might have gone downhill a bit since here. But um, hey, Pat, I like to start all my podcasts off with a quote or mantra that inspires you or fires you up. Have you got one for us? So, you know, it's interesting that when, when you mentioned that, um, you know, I've written a book about quotes, but... I, I always have different ones depending on the, the mood. And I think the one that has hit home with me, and I had to, to look at the wording again, that has hit home with me for the past year has been this. Asking for help is wonderful when you need it. And there are times when all of us need it. Mm. But asking to help is just as wonderful. And there are plenty of times when your help can make a world of difference. And I think, you know, the past year and a half, you know, a, a lot of people um, have done a wonderful job in stepping up and, and leading by helping, by giving, by serving. And so, yeah, that's the one that's inspired me probably the most over the past year, year and a half. Yes. No, I, I'm a huge fan of that myself. My My favorite thing to do is to help other people. You know, it's like, 
if someone says to me, hey, Jono, you know, you're, you're free tonight. Let's catch up for some drinks. I'm like, ah, no, nah, I'm tired or whatever. But if someone's like, hey, Jono, I need your advice on this. You know, hey, Jono, I'm, I'm moving places. You know, can you help me? You know, I'll be the first one there. And I think it's, I actually do it because I feel good as well. I think it's good to help out the other person. You know, it helps them out. But I also think it's a good way uh, to feel good about your, yourself as well. So I, I love that quote. Now, coming, it's always interesting having Pat on here. He's been on before. I recommend check out the, the previous expert. He's just a wealth of knowledge. All right, so I recommend the first thing you do is go over to his website. You got everything there. I think you can get both of his books for free. There's blogs, there's podcasts, there's a heap of stuff there. What I think that our time best spent, Pat, is just telling you, uh, telling my audience about your story. So I think if you want any sort of specific tips on Pat, just go straight to his website. I'll put the link in the bio, uh, but it's simply patrigsby.com. Easy one to remember. Uh, but yeah, Pat, I figure for today, I'm just going to hand it over to you and start wherever you want to start and for the next sort of you know 30 35 minutes just let us know how did you get to the position you're in now well man that's uh <laughs> it's it an interesting question right because usually we get we, we we spend a lot of time talking about tactics and that that sort of thing but you know i i think that my my journey probably can um, can offer a variety of of insights and helpful lessons that most anybody could use because um, not unlike many of the people in our industry, um, you know, I, I didn't move into businesses. Uh, you know, a some sort of business expert. I did not have a degree in business. I did not um, have a, a an entrepreneurial background. Honestly, my dad owned a, a small auto repair business that, if anything, probably drove me into not wanting a business. <laughs> um, and you know, I, I I would have told you I I probably wasn't somebody that was. I didn't think I was very good with money. I I had some debt. Um, I certainly didn't have, uh, too many of the, the characteristics or qualities on the surface that if we looked at, Hey, what's going to make you successful in business or, or you're kind of, um, poised to do really well, I probably wouldn't have been that person, but, you know, looking back before that, I, I, you know, I, I had some other things that I think helped me a lot along the way. Um, I was a college baseball coach. Actually, here in the U.S., I was the youngest college baseball coach in the country for a couple of years. I um, was a head college baseball coach at a university beginning at age 23. Wow. Um, Question, even just a minute there, Pat, that sounds pretty freaking impressive. There must have been some cool things you did to, to get to that spot. Um. Or was it just no one else wanted the job, huh? You know, the the job wasn't a great job. Like, they don't give it to a 23-year-old if it's a good job, right? (laughs) Um, But, you know, I think I had worked in the athletic department there. I had been an assistant baseball coach for a year. I built some relationships, things, you know, that sort of thing that, you know, you're sowing the seeds for for greater opportunities down the road. And that's something that I, I think I learned early on. Um, 
And so I got the job. I kind of cobbled together other jobs at the university. I was the head strength coach. I taught at the university. I did a bunch of kind of random things to kind of make things, make ends meet. And as a young single guy, I really poured myself into trying to develop this baseball program into something that was great. At the time, they'd never had a winning season. Um, it was certainly not well-funded, didn't have great resources, any of that sort of thing. And um, originally, I kind of – I had a mentor who was a very successful, established coach who um, was kind of like one of my baseball dads, if you will. Um, and I tried to just kind of model him, but he was kind of an old-school guy that's very stern and disciplinarian and – um, and, and after a couple of years, we did okay. The first couple of years, we won more games than we lost, which was a big success at that school. But you could tell we weren't ever going to go a whole lot further. Um, me just trying to be a bad imitation of that guy, considering the fact that we had fewer resources and a smaller budget. And, um, you know, we, we weren't in a, an area that was probably as marketable as some of the other schools we compete against. And we didn't have um, scholarships. And we were competing against schools with scholarships. So um, I, I just kind of decided that, okay, I'm going to do things completely different. You know, I'm going to take a different approach to recruiting players. I started studying marketing um, to because everybody kind of recruited the same. So I'm like, I'm going to have to do something different. I took a different approach to recruiting, a different approach to player development. Our game strategy was different. And the next year, we became like a, a nationally competitive program. The, the, the following year was a little bit better. And then in my um, fifth season, we ended up finishing fifth in the country, going to the World Series at our level, which was the best finish anybody from kind of our region of the country had ever had. Wow. And, um, you know, in hindsight, the, the whole journey of being a coach, having all those varied responsibilities, being put in a leadership position, not having – a bunch of money for assistant coaches. So, you know, I had to create systems because we had a lot of turnover because I had like $2,000 for my budget to hire assistant coaches. So I could basically get people that were finishing their degree. Mm. And so the next year there'd be somebody different. So I had to have systems so that each new person coming in, we wouldn't have to reinvent things. Um, and, and I look back and it's like, virtually every professional success that I've had has kind of hinged on those lessons. But, you know, I think that's the case for a lot of us. I think that we overlook the things that allowed us to be successful in whatever um, kind of path we followed to this point, whether it was in sports or a career as an employee or, or whatever else, Parent, and, you know, you could be a good parent. Yeah. And, and you look at this and you're like, wait a minute, you know, I don't have any experience. But in reality, you know, you're one or two degrees away. And the things that 
allowed you to be successful there certainly can carry over and help you. And, you know, the marketing that I do now, the, in fact, I'm, you know, one of the things that I'm probably, uh, known for or whatever else, uh, is I've written a daily email newsletter for 16 years and haven't missed a day. Well, it's just the follow-up. That's what you did to recruit athletes. I learned it there. It's not something that I came up with here. Yeah. There was no idea. You wouldn't meet an athlete and their parents and say, hey, come to our school. And if they didn't sign that day, you, you wouldn't say, well, they're a tire kicker. They're not <laughs> you're, you're building a relationship. And that, so that's what I learned there, right? Um, I, I learned how to, to, to really think about being client-centric, in that case, athlete-centric, and be willing to adapt to those people because you get to know them so well and you understand at that stage of life when they're really kind of going from adolescence to adulthood, you, you understand that, you know what? People's on-the-field performance doesn't exist in a vacuum. They've got these big lives and all these other things happening. And the more you invest in them as a person, the better they're going to be for you performance wise. But honestly, that's kind of your role as a coach. And that's been the case now. I know I'm, you know, about six and a half years ago, I started a new, like my current business. I sold my stake in all the businesses you referred to in the intro. And one of the things I'm really proud of is the fact that, you know, I've got some clients now that I had, you know, in 2006, I've got my entire team that I've had. I've not had a single person leave as a member of my team since I started this new endeavor. And not that they never will. It's just in a, in a world where turnover is kind of constant. I just don't face as much of that. And I think that, you know, that kind of culture of, you know, caring about the person and understanding that their job isn't who they are. It's just something they do. Um, that's mattered, right? So all those lessons there, it, it really helped me so much from an operational perspective, a marketing perspective, a leadership perspective, and a problem-solving perspective because I couldn't do things the way that my competition could. They were always going to have better resources. So many. In fact, I would say at this point, 95% of the people that I coach are independent business owners. They're not franchisees. You know, I've consulted with some franchisors. I've had a few franchisees. I founded two franchises. So I'm not against that kind of market. It's just most of the people that I get are people who want to kind of carve their own path. Well, they're usually competing against somebody with deeper pockets, bigger brand awareness, maybe a better location. That was kind of what I what I learned from day one. And, you know, I learned very quickly. You you can't just do what other people do and expect to beat them if they have better resources and more experience. So we've got to solve problems differently. We've got to approach things differently. And. Um, and, and so that really kind of set in motion everything that I've kind of done and continue to do. So, so yes, that first kind of leg of my journey being a baseball coach, strength coach, it was great. But I also learned during that time that I'm not a very good employee. 
I, I kind of <laughs> want to do things my way, right? Like I want to, I, I want to be accountable. I want to say, you know what? It's on my shoulders. And if it succeeds, that's on me. And if it doesn't, that's on me. Um, and so started my own business in 2004, uh, grew it in a town of about 23,000 people to 420 clients in uh, 18 months. This was a personal um, training studio? Um, it was kind of a, a little bit of a hybrid thing, a, a training studio inside a bigger like athletic center. Okay. Um, and then uh, opened a second location that was a health club with a training business inside of it. Um, it did very well, very quickly. Um, and about that time, you know, people started to ask because of some of the, the success we had had and the fact that it was all pretty much bootstrapped. The only loan that I've ever taken out professionally was that uh, buying, you know, equipment for that health club component. Um, you know, started doing a little bit of advising, consulting, and then uh, kind of, you know, just, I, I think I, I didn't get in on that kind of first wave of the internet stuff, but it was still early on and um, was able to connect with a couple of guys like Ryan Lee and Eric mm -hmm. Ruth that had already were, uh, you know, a couple of years ahead of me on that journey. And created one product that led to another that led to another and started some membership stuff. And, um, and before you know it, um, that became my primary, um, business and the, the offline things were more like test kitchens, if you will, right? Like proving ground, because I was, um, you know, it, it was just fascinating to me very much like we're doing this episode the ability to connect with wonderful people without the limits of geography um, was really appealing to me because I'm very much, uh, you know, coming from that coaching baseball background, very much a relationship person. And, you know, I, I love the idea of going and connecting with more of the right people. Um, so being able to, you know, remove those geographic constraints was great. And, um, man, I, I got to move into that more and more and more, uh, you know, eventually founded, co-founded, acquired over, I guess at this point now, it's like 32 businesses wow. um, with the vast majority of them. Um, now, you know, I, I've sold my stake in, pretty much everything other than what I do with PatRigsby.com. I help out with my wife's business a little here and there. Um, and it's just been the, the coolest journey possible because, um, you know, I, I got to kind of build it around the things that, that I was pretty good at. I um, have had a, just a wonderful time doing it and, I am probably a walking, talking billboard for the fact that you can make plenty of mistakes and still come out. <laughs> so, um, so I know I threw a lot at you along <laughs> that journey there. So, so 
what uh let's okay I'll, let, I'll let, take let, pause let, now and see see where <laughs> we can go from there awesome awesome all right i love that story at the start i just think there's so many good things there that only let's even make it specific to to the fitness industry i love when you said i can't just be a bad imitation of this mentor i think that's important mentors are important i recommend everyone has them but you don't want to be a carbon copy it can't just be like you know over here in australia you know he's the commando from the biggest loser okay that's what he's like so i need to be exactly like that to be successful or maybe in the states jillian michaels you know hey he's jillian michaels she's on the biggest loser if you want to be successful as a trainer that's what you got to be for some people, maybe, and some people that may be good, but if you just try and be a bad imitation of that person, it's not going to work. You need to find your own voice, which which you actually did, which you did, which I think is great. Um, then I like the completely different side of things where you're like, hey, I'm, I'm not going to beat these people at, at their own game. And a lot of people listening to this are actually going to be boot camp operators, right? You know, they run their own sort of boot camp. Um, now, if you're a solo boot camp operator, you can't play the same game as the big box gyms do. It, it doesn't work. You can't, you know, charge that same rate. You can't run as many classes. You're going to go crazy, you know? So it's like, it, um, it, it goes back to the bad imitation side of things, but okay, let's get creative. You know, what can I do to, uh, what can I do within my means to do it? And let's get these problem solving skills or, or creativity. I'm, I'm a huge Tony Robbins fan and his, his quote is, um, it's never a lack of resources, it's always a lack of resourcefulness. And if you go back and listen to, to Pat's story there, that's it's, it's, it's to a bread and butter. It was all right. I got no resources, but I'm not going to let that stop me. How can I get resourceful? And there's always a way. And I like what Pat said around um, the success side of things. One thing uh, Tony Robbins teaches in, in one of his things is he's like, you already know how to be successful. Everyone in this room, if you're in a, in a Tony Robbins event, you've paid at least a thousand bucks for a, a day or two, you know? So he's like, there's obviously something that you've done that you're successful at, whether it's money, whether it's relationships and, you know, you've got someone to pay that thousand bucks or whatever it is, or, or either way, it, listening to this, let's, let's, even people listening to this, there's probably something in, or there's definitely something in life that you've been successful at, whether it's business, your career, a sport, weight loss, um, a relationship, a family, whatever it is, you've been successful at it. What Tony teaches is just mirror that same thing. Whatever it was you did to be a good dad, do that in your business. Whatever it is you did to, you know, lose 10, 20, 30 kilos or pounds or whatever, you know, do that same thing in your business. You know, the successful, to be successful at things, the principles are, are going to be similar and you're going to have your own style on them anyway. So there's obviously many different ways, but okay, you know, if there's, a, if there's um, something that you've been successful at, like what Pat said, okay, I've been a successful coach. What are the things that I did really well there? then I can plug into my business. Someone may be the complete opposite. They may have also been a successful coach, but they did it in a completely different way, but then they use those skills there into their business. So I think that's super important there as well. Um, and then just the caring side of things. One of my favorite quotes is actually, nobody cares how much you know until they know how much you care. And I think as a leader, like, and a leader is in a business leader, or if you're, you know, um, leading your clients, either way, I think that's your biggest weapon. You know, if you're trying to impress people with your knowledge, that'll get you so far. But if you can show them that you care, 
that's what's going to to take to the next level there. So I love that bit there. Let's spend a, a little more time maybe on the, the growth path because I think a lot of people listening to this will be like, yep, great, I've done something similar in my life. You know, I've been successful at something. Um, you know, I've now got a, a successful business, but they've got one successful business, maybe working their ass off, you know, um, can't even fathom having a dozen, 20, 30 businesses and and selling them off. What can you tell us a little bit more about about that journey? Maybe from... Let's say from the you've already got one really successful you know hybrid personal training studio. Um, you've just opened up your your second. How did you make sure that both of those were successful, and then you just kept going business to business to business? Let's take a quick break. When it comes to influencer marketing, there's a podcast that covers it all that you will want to add to your playlist. The Influence Factor by the Influencer Marketing Factory. They talk about influencer marketing, social media, the creator economy, social commerce, and much, much more. They cover all aspects, including the creator economy, social commerce, the latest trends, the metaverse, TikTok trends, and that's just the beginning. The Influence Factor by the Influencer Marketing Factory. Add the podcast to your playlist right now. Um, you know, I, I think, again, kind of coming from the baseball background, I learned very quickly that if you can't recruit, which is marketing and selling, yeah. then you're, you're not going to be okay, right? Because no matter what, you're going to have some sort of client turnover, there's going to be, you know, people are going to move, people are going to have life changes. So, um, I, I think in every business that I've owned, I've made a priority of a having one good thing to to hang our hats on and sell and be really proud yeah. of, right? And then we create a culture from day one of selling. And there's a scoreboard. Um, there there was a scoreboard in every office and. You know, there was accountability every day and it's, okay, what did we do yesterday? What do we have on tap today? What do we need help with? And we probably did sales training. Um, I, I would assume three, four, five times as much as anybody else we would compete against at minimum. And there, there was group sales training. There was um, a lot of individual sales training. And, and it just, again, it comes from that kind of sports background is practice, mm. right? Like you, if you want to be good at something, you probably are going to be bad at it first. <laughs> and you need to... The first few hundred times, right? Yeah. <laughs> and and you, need, you need to be happy about the fact that we're not just good at everything because if you're willing to earn being good at something, then you know that that's, you know, that willingness, that desire, that perseverance is a competitive advantage. So, um, and, and I think that, you know, I, I probably was able to move that sort of thing with that consistency. I, I think the, you know, always being willing to be consistent. And then I'm, I would say that by nature, I'm not somebody who dwells on things going poorly very long. Mm. I'm very solution minded. Yeah. So if we ran a promotion that flopped, it was like, what did we learn from it? Back to the drawing board. Let's do something different tomorrow. 
Um, and, you know, just knowing that that's kind of part of the journey, knowing that nobody is successful all the time. And the quicker you learn and move on, the better off you're going to be. And so by, by doing that, I think I could go faster and grow faster. And then, you know, I, I think I, as far as kind of moving into these other areas, I am very much a, a, a kind of a lifelong learner mm. kind of mentality. And so always trying to go look outside of our industry. Our industry certainly wasn't nearly as mature as it is now with, I mean, there are so many people out there teaching some element of business or um, some good, some not so good. I mean, that's just kind of the nature of an industry, right? And there just wasn't that much of it. So I, I automatically started looking in other fields. I looked in hospitality. I looked in, you know, medical services. I looked uh, at, at retail. Um, I, I kept looking at a lot of the leadership style stuff that I had done through coaching. Um, and I, I think by doing that, it just forced me to kind of keep my, my eyes open instead of becoming very myopic and focusing on the one thing that I was doing. And by, you know, because of that, I would see other opportunities. I would go and meet new people very regularly and just offer to help. And sometimes that help turned into business opportunities, right? Um, you know, I don't, you know, I, I did a, 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 a call today with somebody who owns a very robust business that at one point my relationship with them was just helping. And then before you know it, I had, I was a stakeholder in their business um, and have since sold my stake in it. But now, I mean, they're, we still have that kind of relationship where, you know, we're close. We, um, you know, I, I, I guess I serve as an advisor there. And I think that if, you know, if you go into every opportunity, seeing things as an opportunity, seeing things um, is an opportunity to help others. And, you know, you, you don't go in with this kind of immediate gratification mindset. Like, I, I don't think I ever doubted the fact that building relationships um, would eventually pay off with more opportunities. I just didn't put a, a, a stopwatch to it. You know, I, I didn't. I just I had had that same experience again as a college baseball coach. I would build relationships with coaches and then. Later on, they may say, hey, I've got this great player that, that, you know, you should recruit, you know, and if you build that relationship with that coach well in advance, then they, they probably have a pretty good idea that, you know, there's not some agenda, you know, and I, I think I've just carried that over throughout and, you know, you, you build enough relationships along the way, more opportunities come your way, you do good work more opportunities come your way. I, I think the people that I kind of learned from understood it as if you do great work where you are, um, 
that's when other opportunities present themselves and frankly, better opportunities present themselves. If you're continually chasing the next opportunity and kind of vacating your current responsibilities, that's when you get into trouble because you, you, you don't have anything with that potential thing. And then the current thing that pays the bills it is kind of incrementally facing this degradation. And, and I, I guess I just, knowing that, you know, this is what has to feed my family. This is, uh, you know, I didn't have a bunch of investors or whatever else. So knowing that if I'm going to do something, it's on me to, to kind of ring the cash register today, it probably help. Let's take a quick break. Hey, quick question for you. Are you someone who wants to be fit, healthy, and happy? And what if I told you you could get your dream body by simply just listening to a podcast? I'm Josh. And I'm KG, and we're the hosts of the Fit, Healthy, and Happy podcast. Listen, we get it. Fitness isn't easy. Carbs, no carbs. Just stop, okay? It doesn't have to be that complicated. And that's why we made this podcast. We get straight to the facts so you can become your best you. So the way to check us out is click the link in the show notes or search Fit, Healthy, and Happy podcast on any of the major podcast platforms. We'll see you soon. Wow. Okay. So many good bits of info there as well. I feel like that's just the top 10 principles to, to run a successful business. Just you're, as you were saying those words, I'm like, man, culture, accountability, consistency, sales training, don't dwell on the negatives. Like I feel if anyone just follows those, they'll be successful, but let's, let's expand on those a little bit. I think culture is key, right? I think if you want to be more than just yourself, You've got to build that culture with your team, with your members. So I think that's an important thing for people to master. Accountability, I think it all starts with accountability. I think if you don't have that, it's going to be very hard to be successful. And I think in a business, not only do you need to be 100% accountable, you need to empower your team to be 100% accountable. And if you're not accountable as the leader, they're not going to be accountable. And then it just goes to the blame game. Oh, it was this person's fault to do it and this person's fault to do it, and this person's fault to do it. But if you can be accountable and you can build that culture as well, that's what's going to be successful. And that's what will probably allow the business to in somewhat run themselves if you've got people that are accountable for, for everything there. Sales training, so key as well because it's the lifeblood of the business. You can be really, really good at, at what you do inside the business, the delivery side of things. But if you've got no sales and no new people coming in, you know, you're going to be the best kept secret. So I think that's uh, such an important thing for, for the, you know, the business owner to master themselves and then also to, to teach others as well. I think especially in the, the fitness professional space, it's, it's an interesting one. It sort of depends where you are on the journey. But I feel if, you, if you're focusing, if you don't really think of yourself as a fitness business owner or as, a, as an entrepreneur or as a business owner, you can tend to neglect the sales side of things. And like, ah, if I'm good at what I do, you know, sales will come or whatever. doesn't quite work like that. So I think you, if you want to be in business, that, hey, I'm in business. You know, I've got to get good at sales and I've got to, you know, um, teach that to my team as well and, and get them good at sales, which also goes on to the accountability as well. The consistency, you know, it's, it's easy to get distracted in these days, you know, it's like there's a new app that comes up and then, you know, you go on that app to try and get clients and you go on this app to try and get clients and there's no consistency. It's, it's hard, you know, it's easier if you like exercise, Hey, let's just fit, focus on one thing. Let's put in F let's do it for 12 weeks. Let's put a bit of consistency in. Okay. We're onto something cool. Let's keep doing it again and again and again, like 16 years with, with Pat's email there. Um, or if it doesn't work, at least you've given it a crack. Um, 
yeah, not dwelling on the negatives. You know, it's like there's my other favorite quote is I never lose. I either win or I learn. And I feel when you look at life like that, it just becomes a, a whole lot easier. You know, like, okay, something's stuffed up. Um, see it for what it is. Okay, it didn't work. Why didn't it work? And what can I do better? You know, sitting there and calling yourself a failure or a loser, like that's not going to help. You know, even if it is true, it's not going to help. You know, it's like, look at it for, for what it is. Okay, shit, I failed at that one thing. Why did I fail? What can I do to make it? What can I do so that it never happens again? And that speaks to me a lot. That's one that really speaks to me because even in my early days, just as a group fitness instructor, right, I would always try new things because I didn't want to do the same boring workout every time. And sometimes I'd try something and it was crap. You know, it was boring. Like people didn't understand it. They'd be talking instead of working out. Um, but instead of getting dejected and being like, oh, I suck as a group fitness instructor, I'd be like, okay, why was that workout so bad? What could I have done differently? And my whole goal was, all right, I'm going to do that exact same workout in a month or two's time, but I'm going to do these tweaks and see what happens. And then that was like a little challenge for me. It's like, all right, this exact same workout, it sucked two months ago. Let me do it now. Oh, now it's actually a really good workout. People like it, yada, yada, yada. And the more I was sort of able to do that, the quicker the learning curve was, the more stuff ups I did, I was able to figure out pretty quick what doesn't work and what does work. And all of a sudden it was just, instead of doing a bad workout and waiting eight weeks, was like most of my workouts were really, really good. So that's a, an important point there. Um, yeah, the networking. So I think there's and so many good points there as well. So there's just so much value in, in your network, you know, and it, it's, it's an interesting one. It's in some ways it's common sense. So I also learned that one in my early days of, of running my first fitness boot camp because I was always pretty active in the local area. You know, I went to school there. I, you know, worked at the local Sizzler there. I did salsa lessons there. I learned Spanish there, you know. So it was impossible for me to go to the shops and, and not know someone. So when I started my first boot camp, I knew nothing about sales and marketing, but I just sent out a text message to everyone I knew in the area and was managed to, to fill out my first boot camp, not because of sales and marketing, just because I had that network there. And obviously, that's a very simplified example, but it, it, um, it's the way business work and, and life works. And another, another sort of quote I go by is to dig your well before it's full. You know, if it's like, you know, oh, cool, I want to, you know, I want to, you know, do a joint venture or collaborate with this person. Let me just send them a message on DM, on Instagram and see if they're interested. Why are they going to collaborate with you? You know, but if it's like, hey, I'm just going to, you know, connect with this person out of the goodness of my heart. I think it's a, I think it's actually a, Christ, a Christian quote. I think it's a Jesus Christ quote, something where it's like, um, what is it? I better not stuff this one up because it's an, an important one, but it's something around, you know, helping people just because you want to help them. You know, you're not helping them because, or the, it's something around, you know, the, the joy is just helping people because you want to help them. It's not helping them to get something back. That's, that's when depression comes in, you know? Oh, I helped this person out and then they didn't help me, you know? And then, you know, it shouldn't be about that. It's just like, let me help, let me build my network. Let me dig my well before it's full. Let me just help this person with zero expectations of, of anything back. And then it's going to come back so like sooner or later. So I think that's, that's key as well. And even just the, the immediate gratification, I think that works with relationships, but sort of anything in life. You know, if you think you're going to, you know, um, even probably exercise is a good one there, right? Sort of like the whole point of getting fit is all around delayed gratification. 
So, hey, I don't really want to wake up at 5 a.m. every morning and, and go to the gym and work out. And I'm, it's going to be so painful to start with. You know, I've got the choice of um, immediate gratification, staying in bed another hour or, you know, waking up and, and going to the gym. One of them's like really painful to start with, but he's going to give you way better benefits. Um, the other's the complete opposite. You know, same with nutrition, right? So, okay, I can eat a carrot or I can eat a chocolate cake. You know, <laughs> one of them's got the delayed gratification, but it's it's way better. Networking, but but everything in business. So, I love all of those there. Um, but Pat, I want to be sensitive of your time. So, there's just one question I like to finish off with, which is around mentors. Now, you're obviously a mentor for plenty of, of fitness professionals, fitness business out there. I'm curious to hear who your biggest mentors have been over the years, and if you can answer this in a few different ways. If you could give us a paid mentor, so someone that you've paid money to, you've done their program or their coaching, um, an unpaid mentor could be a friend, someone you network with, um, someone you follow on social media, uh, and then a book that you recommend every fitness professional should read. So paid mentors, uh, the, the two that probably come to mind originally would be Dan Kennedy. Mm. Um, and I, and I think I probably learned as much of anything like from him, just seeing the, um, seeing possibilities like reading and, and learning about varied possibilities. Um, and then Dean Jackson, who I think, uh, I, have enjoyed a great deal because I think Dean understands human nature about as well as anybody. Um, unpaid mentors, um, probably strangely enough, uh, you know, a lot of times we think of mentors as, you know, these wise sages or whatever, like my best friend, Jeff Ramey, um, growing up, Jeff was a year older than me and Jeff was kind of the, you know, the, the, I'm going to get up at five 30 in the morning and do my homework. So I have time to practice the things I want to practice after school guy. And, um, he's probably been the, the most consistent mentor throughout my life, just in modeling all the behaviors, I think you'd want the work ethic, the discipline, the focus, um, being very, very generous. I, I think when I became a parent, I modeled the way that he parented in many ways. So um, I'll even throw out a little plug. He's written a couple of books and that's one of the books that he wrote. So there's Diamond of Success, if you're listening, Diamond of Success. And what's his name again, Pat? Jeff Ramey, R-A-M-E-Y. Um, and then books. Man, I am uh, a, a voracious reader. I, I think the book that probably had the most impact on me was a book titled The Wizard of Ads by Roy H. Williams. And I, I knew I needed to learn marketing, as I alluded to with the baseball stuff. But I had read a couple marketing books or tried to, and it just didn't click. They were very textbook like, you know, and they spoke to just big businesses. And this book was written in more of a kind of an essay chapter format. And it was just in a language that was very easy to digest. And he there, you know, there's a trilogy of those books, but that book, I think probably 
did as much to change my life as any sort of professional book could. Um, so, so there you go. Awesome. Love it. Okay. Well, Pat, that's pretty much all I wanted to get through for today. Is there anything I should have asked you, but forgot to, or is there anything you'd like to finish us off with? Well, there's nothing you, you asked, but, or didn't ask, but you know, it should have, but I think that hopefully everybody listening, um, understands the the great work you're doing here right i mean you're um i mean you're bringing me on sharing varied stories of other people's journey um just aggregating best practices from people that i i don't know like more than any conference or seminar that i've ever been to and when i started in this industry i mean you know podcasts weren't really a, a thing right and you know, the thought that somebody could listen to your show and kind of download nuggets of all these different people's journeys and their, their lessons. And, uh, I mean, it's just such a wonderful medium. It, it probably is the most powerful professional development tool ever invented. Mm. And you're just doing such a great work as a host in, you know, kind of bringing all that together and not only sharing it, but then also distilling the nuggets like you do. Um, so, so thank you. And hopefully everybody appreciates it as much as I did. No, th- thank you. I, I appreciate that, Pat. Thank you for that. I, I agree. It's because um, podcasts also have a special place in my heart. Back when I was starting off, mainly doing boot camps, group fitness, you know, drive to a class here, drive to a class there, drive to, I was doing, you know, probably three hours of, of driving a day in, in little 20 minute stints, but it was the best ever. Cause I would just listen to business pod, you know, AJ Merzard fitness business podcast, um, you know, a whole heap of them are, are around those days there and just got so much learnings. And I think I learned more in, in those couple of years where I was doing that stuff, just listening to podcasts than anything else. So I, I'm glad that I can um, share that on and you know, hopefully someone has, has the same experience. Um, but awesome. All right. Well, thank you very much for your time, Pat. Everyone listening, patrigsby.com, and you'll get all the info you, you need from Pat there. Pat, thanks very much for your time. Thank you. Thank you for listening. If you liked this show, share it with your friends, subscribe on iTunes, and leave us a five-star review. For show notes and free training on how to grow your fitness business, visit www.fitnesseducationonline.com.au. Are you a fitness professional looking to provide your clients with personalized meal plans? Check out Mealsy, the ultimate solution for creating custom meal plans in just a few simple clicks. With Mealsy, you can say goodbye to countless hours spent on meal planning. Our Australian meal planning web app is designed to save you time and effort so you can focus on what really matters, your clients and their success. Mealsy provides you with a vast library of recipes all created by nutrition professionals. From breakfast to dinner and everything in between, we've got you covered. Whether you want to create a custom meal plan tailored to your client's needs or choose from our selection of ready-made meal plans, Mealsy has the flexibility to accommodate your preferences. So why waste precious time and energy creating meal plans from scratch? Let Mealsy do the heavy lifting for you while you focus on delivering exceptional fitness services. Join the community of fitness professionals who have revolutionized their business with Mealsy. 
visit our website at www.mealsy.com and sign up today. Mealsy, the smarter way to meal plan for fitness professionals.